there's two things. So there's the doing tokenism, which I can discuss, but there's also being scared of being perceived as doing tokenism. That also is an issue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> there's doing tokenism that we can talk about, which is it's really dangerous because it masks inactivity mm -hmm. in DNI. So you think there's this activity and moving, but it's not. One of the biggest things to, again, avoid doing tokenism is education. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the HR Leadership Podcast brought to you by Equitable. I am Joseph Ifiegbu, the CEO and co-founder of Equitable. This HR Leadership Series focuses on what companies are doing to understand employee satisfaction, productivity, diversity, and how leaders are approaching the moments of truth. Join us. Thank you so much for uh, joining us uh, in this series. Um, uh, yeah, we're so excited to have you. And so we'll start with just a brief introduction. Uh, could you, you know, just let, you know, let the audience know a little bit about your career background and, and you know, um, just yourself and all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Hi, Joseph. So thanks for having me. Um, I'm Karine Bataille. I'm the founder and CEO of Blue Level Training. So we are a DEI organization that provides training and consulting to um, as many people as possible because uh, my goal is really to make the DEI knowledge and education accessible to as many people as possible around the world, no matter what your position is. Uh, no matter what your language is and your social identity is. So um, my background is, so I'm African. So my dad's from Ivory Coast. My mom is for, um, from Quebec. So I'm half white, half black. And that really shaped my entire life experience uh, because some, so some, sometimes I didn't have the privilege. Sometimes I was in a position of a little bit of privilege. And then it, you know, it was like, I saw the whole coin 360 in terms of, you know, racial inequities, privilege, and also as being a woman, right? Um, always, I was an activist since I was like uh, six years old. You know, that experience for you, like growing up, mm -hmm. like, how did that affect your worldview? And yeah. Obviously, like affect the work you do, but like, how did that affect the worldview, your worldview, uh, which is yeah. to you're, you're currently doing yeah so it's um so my dad my dad my granddad mm -hmm. Pascal, that's his name uh i wish i met him but so he had 14 wives oh, wow. so i found that out when i was six years old okay and i was like oh my god okay I, like you don't really know much about the world so you're like okay and then i was like how many husbands did grandma have and then the response that I got was that, oh no, she can't have more than just one husband. And it just did something to me that I was like, it's unfair, right? Mm -hmm. And then when people were targeting me or my dad or, or you know, my family members with racism, it was unfair. Mm -hmm. And so many things were unfair. So I was, I became obsessed with fairness. Mm -hmm. And that's a term that a lot of people, like I've been using it since the beginning and I'm seeing more and more people using it. It's literal fairness. Mm -hmm. And I found out at 18 years old that I was in class of sociology class and they said, uh, 
um, men and women do not make the same amount of money for the same job <laughs> with the same experience and skills. Yeah. I was 18, okay? And I was, I raised my hand, excuse me, um, what did you say? And yeah, look at the statistics, there's a big gap, this is what it is. And I'm like, you, you're kidding, it's, an, it's a joke. And I'm 18, like I'm an adult. And she's like, uh, no current. And I get up, I go straight in front of the class. I turn around, I say, is this a joke? Please tell me this is a joke. And they're like, everyone's like, no, that's what it is. That's what it is. And I'm like, how can we be sitting here and going to class and like going to bed, going to dinner and thinking that, that and sleeping well at night when this is happening? I. I really reacted that way. And yeah. I had to get out of the class and walk mm. outside and come mm. back 10 minutes later when I was like, I, so that's, this is how much it gets to me. You know what mm. I mean? And it mm. was very different than the people that were just like, that's just the way it is. Yes, it's, it's a problem, but that's the way it is. Yeah. And I was like, so that's, that's what it is, Joseph. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like a thing inside since yeah. very, very young. Yeah. Could not believe when I saw that woman made less than men but so a woman makes 81 cents of what a man makes right mm -hmm. but then when you break it down just to go back to your a black woman so you oh. add you the race in it and a black woman I think makes 81 percent of what a white woman makes so that means that we make so much less than a man. And it's like, that's why you have to break it down. When you yes. look at pay equity, you have to, you cannot put all the women in one place. So, um, you know, and all, when it comes to pay, when it comes to leadership roles, when it, and of course you can split it up in a thousand ways, gender with race or race with abilities and so forth. Mm. Um, but, at the end of the day, you, you need to start breaking it down because like it's, it gets worse the more. It's intersectionality, right? Which is oh, a absolutely. compounding effect of your social identities, the impact it has on your life experience, how you're treated. You made a statement of being like, you know, like people are, being, people are unaware. <laughs> yeah. Unaware. So like, like, so how big, how big is, how big does this, you know, you know, because they said, okay, yeah, women, you know, make 81, so, but like black women make maybe like 65 to the, to the, to the dollar of what a man makes. And it just, mm -hmm. you start seeing all these different stories and, you know, these different like maybe biases and, and these things that happen that people don't really understand or people are not really aware of. And so, so what role does like education really yeah. have on that, like changing that, like bringing mm -hmm. fairness to the forefront? So I'm a firm believer that, knowledge is power so what happens is that you have this the problem in tech industry specifically that i read from my research because that's what we do all day every day we yeah. research and and so forth and so the the problem is people will do education that's good okay yeah. so education is key but now who will educate your team is it mm -hmm. the people internally because yeah. you did a course yourself online that's free or that's not free you will then be able to teach that educate people facilitate those very delicate conversation mm -hmm. and do you have enough life experience 
in the shoes of underrepresented groups to be able to do that. So that what we're seeing is the need of going to third parties, such mm -hmm. as Blue Level, there's other, uh, the Winters groups, there's so many other groups, okay? Um, but just a lot of the time, so there's this thinking that, oh, we do have it internally, we can't do this. No, it's not about, it's just not just about empathy. It's not mm -hmm. just about unconscious bias. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, there's so much more. It's very important not to only train the leadership. I know it starts with the leadership team, but what we're seeing is there's a lot of people in the leadership team that actually hold biases and have some really, um, so the, the biggest risk is the leadership team thinking that they're progressive or thinking that they understand it, and but not acting on it. If you hold back that education from the people, the other people, you won't be, uh, the leaders won't be as accountable to really act on what they've learned. Because mm -hmm. if you hold the education back from the employees, they don't know what they don't know. Ooh. So they're literally gonna, they're completely vulnerable to what the leadership has learned and their intention on how they're gonna do things. And they might do things not correctly, but if the people, the employees knew had that information, they would be able to help. It's a community. Mm. It's like all linked, you know, how can you really have a diverse and equitable and inclusive organization if not all the links have been educated? Yeah. Everyone matters yeah. and therefore they deserve to know how they can also help leadership do a better job or just contribute to it. One of the myths is that we're going to teach something and then they're all going to the employees all going to come out and be like in, angry and start, you know, pointing out. I think that's mm -hmm. not what it is. We actually teach people how to talk about these things in a way where we uplift everyone because we all make microaggressions. I make microaggressions. I make micro inequities. Mm -hmm. I have unconscious bias, mm -hmm. even if I'm the owner of the level. But yeah. my people, when they hear me say something that is not inclusive, they can then talk to me. And same thing for me, and we learn how to communicate and how to build a stronger partnership between everyone. How, how would you go about, how would you say um, organizations, right, should go beyond this whole thing of like, um, oh, we, you know, we have this DEI initiative, because you mentioned tokenism, and I want to, mm -hmm. talk about mm -hmm. that. so how would you go about like, for organizations to dismantle that tokenism in the world? Yeah. It's so easy for you to say, oh, we're going to do this DEI initiative. And it goes from that to becoming this tokenism thing. Right? Yeah. How, mm -hmm. how do we ensure that that doesn't happen within organizations? Yes. So there's multiple things. So when we, we look at data, let's say we hire. So tokenism is the fact to, uh, of doing like a perfunctory or um, symbolic act mm -hmm. of hiring, for example, more underrepresented group just... Um, and, but without any substantial action, it's more, you know, just check the box and so forth. So there's two things. So there's the doing tokenism, which I can discuss, but there's also being scared of being perceived as doing tokenism. That also is an issue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> there's doing tokenism that we can talk about, which is, uh, it's 
I read that yesterday. It's like, it's really dangerous because it masks inactivity mm-hmm. in DNI. So you think there's this activity and moving, but it's not. And then it's like hiring this black person in tech and then putting that black person in front and center of all pictures. Or, oh, you know, we're seeing that the, your black employees, you see now like the black employees before the CEO on the website. And it's like, wonder why, you know, it's like this or like there's a lot of change, which there's some really positive change. Some of it is tokenism, right? It's not always easy to see at, at first sight, but what I, one of the biggest thing to, again, avoid doing tokenism is education. Because yep. if you educate everyone about what tokenism is and what really means that you're making progress in DEI, such as, okay, now you have, let's say, now you have 15% of your employees that are black. I'll use black. Okay. There's different social identities I can use, but I'll just go with black. And you're like, okay, good. That's good. And 15% of them is in uh, leadership. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like the data are good. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, but then when you need to calculate is, okay. So out of these people, how much, what we need to see is how much they part, how much they contribute mm-hmm. to the company. Yeah. So, are they talking in meetings? Mm. Are, they, are, are they bringing ideas that are actually being implemented? And are they, um, you know, are they, are they spearheading major projects within the organization? Mm. So even if you're a leader and you're there, you can be at the table, right? Which is diversity. And then you can participate, which is inclusion. Yeah. But me talking doesn't mean that people are, are listening to me and considering what I'm saying as something valuable, right? No, this is, this is great. So for, you know, for, for, for anyone that's going to be watching this, um, is, there, is there any way that, you know, that they can connect with you as well? Like in terms of maybe email, Twitter, LinkedIn handles and things like that. Is there anything, anything you want to just, just share quickly on, on why we're on here before? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, I will. So um, my LinkedIn is Karin. So I'll spell it out. So Karin Batae, so K-A-R-I-N-E. And then my Batae is B-A-H and then space T-A-H-E. The company's website is uh, bluelevelTraining.com. And, um, you know, I'm mostly like, if you want to see, you know, data and success stories from companies like there's great things happening you know I share about that um and my company my people is the may are uh, amazing amazing so just excited to continue to help awesome thank you so much thank you so much for your time and uh yeah